Welcome to the City of Heroes podcast, a resource for the casual Heroes gamer. My name is Chooch, and I'm here to explain basic and intermediate features of COH, as well as giving tips and answering your questions about this great MMO. Welcome to another episode of the City of Heroes podcast. This is Juch, and today we have a special guest. I'm special. (laughs) (laughs) Which is my wife, Viv. Hi, this is Viv. Who is also an avid City of Heroes player. I prefer the term addicted. Oh, well. (laughs) Honesty and uh, advertising. Right. Well, this episode is a bit later than I wanted. I, I want to try to get these out by Thursdays. It's currently Sunday, and uh, to to hopefully make that up a little bit, we actually have an extra long episode. We go um, much more in-depth in the recent announcement from NCSoft um, with some information from the forums that answer a lot of the questions that have come up in the game um, after the NCSoft announcement, which we'll get to in a minute. And my special guest is going to go over some terminology that I missed in the, in the first terminology episode. There was only one significant news item, and if you are a current or previous subscriber of City of Heroes, you've probably already seen it because it got spammed in everybody's inbox, though they may be caught in your spam filter. Maybe you didn't hear yet, but there was an announcement that said NCSoft has acquired City of Heroes from Cryptic Studios. Now, I thought when I first read it that NCSoft had purchased Cryptic Studios outright, but it's not. They just bought the intellectual property of the City of Heroes franchise from Cryptic and formed a new Northern California studio, informally calling it NCSoft NorCal. Uh, Nearly the entire team from City of Heroes, all the developers have moved and were hired by NCSoft, Mm -hmm. including uh, Matt Miller, Positron. Positron. And um, so the leads from all of the major areas, so the graphics lead, the program lead, the overall production, have all moved. So that'll remain consistent within the game. The one concern a lot of people have had with this new team or with this purchase is that they're going to be working on other development of other games and that's going to affect the quality of of any expansions. And one of the other pieces of the announcement said that NCSoft will soon be announcing formal plans for the City of Heroes intellectual property, which will include expansions and sequels. Now, the expansions are the issues, and they've always had those pretty frequent, and they've always been free. Mm -hmm. Sequel tells me that's going to be an expansion you have to pay for, and it'll be curious to see if a sequel is a complete rewrite with a new graphics engine or just new content you have to pay for. And the, the worry is that development of that sort of thing is going to take away from the free expansions that they've had. And the last couple issues have had a significant number of bugs right. that have been introduced with each one. Right. And if that gets worse, then it's really going to be a detriment to the whole, the whole, um, the whole gaming experience. Agreed. Well, I know that in the last few um i think if memory serves that in the last few issues they've done some major graphic revisions they mm-hmm. they redid the rickty war zone they changed the costume sets for the rickties mm-hmm. and of course they've added so many different costume items you know yeah. first we had the vet reward wings and that caused significant lag for people yeah. and then you came out with all these other types of wings and boots and everybody's buying them and they look so fantastic and they've yeah. really they've really enriched i think the concept tunes the mm-hmm. characters that were you know they had a plan in mind you know um so i think that plays a lot into it but um from what i found from um ex libris post the community coordinator on the city of heroes forums there is a um there is information someone asked about the development schedule how that's going to be affected and the post says that 
Details are vague at this time, but the current schedule of three to four new free issues a year will remain the same mm. for at least the next year. Okay. So, or at least next year. So I'm guessing 2008. Right. It says any major changes will be thoroughly researched before they happen and announcements will be made and that the concerns and desires of the community will play a big role in the decisions. And I have found them to be, from my research, um, to be very responsive to the mm-hmm. questions and the concerns, even if it takes them. There's so much of a public outcry about right. all of this going on. Everybody's nervous because they've invested a lot of time, mm-hmm. a lot of love into their characters and their concepts. Right. They're very attached to them, and they're afraid that this is just all going to go down the toilet. Now. Mm-hmm. So it's really neat to see how impassioned the community is. Um, but another good thing is that they've also said that they're doing a major reinvestment. Mm-hmm. And um, NCSoft promised this big investment into the COH franchise. Um, and so far, they've, from the last time I looked, was they've announced 19 new full-time positions at the studio. Oh, wow. In areas like art, world design, mission design, power design, and more. Mm-hmm. And um, whether it says whether those and other jobs will simply make the existing issues bigger, better, and quicker, or whether it means even bigger projects like paid expansions remains to be seen. To me, that's mm-hmm. like a little warning sign. And right. no paid expansions coming in the forefront. Yeah, because that's gonna it's costing them a lot of money. Yeah, nineteen and positions plus benefits. Maybe yeah. more than just those monthly recurring fees yeah. can pay. And I would be willing to. I mean, if our son, our teen plays wow, and mm-hmm. it seems like, what is it, like every year and a half, two years, they've got another paid expansion right. that really kind of enriches the game, and you've got people that are really annoyed that they have to pay more. But, mm-hmm. I mean, to hire 19 people, right. you're looking at a nice little chunk of money there, plus their benefits, plus, you know, the technology fees and all that stuff to accommodate 19 players as a basic business model. You have right. to look at, yes, we're going to expend this money, but we're going to have to recoup it somewhere. Yeah. So for those of us that are really devoted to the game, as long as things progress mm-hmm. in a fashion that is responsive and responsible and respectful right. to the players, I'm willing to pay for an yeah. expansion here and there. Yeah, 19 positions. That's bigger than some design houses that mm-hmm. make an entire game. <laughs> so yeah. on addition to the existing team, presumably that will allow them to work on the either a big sequel improvement that they're going to launch to rival the Marvel universe mm-hmm. or to improve the current game right, line. to maintain, yeah. keep everybody interested in sticking around. Well, it does say that potential for a sequel to the game is not off the table, but it's still in the very far, in the far future. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be that the goal is to make the current existing COH COV as good as it can be, which I like. Absolutely. <laughs> Also related to the announcement that NCSoft is purchasing the City of Heroes intellectual property is, I think it's pretty obvious that what prompted this purchase of the City of Heroes intellectual property by NCSoft is the deal that Cryptic Studios signed with Marvel to create the Marvel Universe MMO. Of course, they're going to be in direct competition, or pretty near direct competition. It's They're going to be in direct competition, though there's... Some real differences, something that I hadn't, or something I'd forgotten from the original Marvel announcement, is that Marvel Universe is going to be available on the Xbox mm-hmm. and on uh, on Windows, but it's only going to be available to Windows Vista, because it's going to use the new DirectX 10 oh, engine, right. which could really limit the, the scope of it. A lot yeah. of people haven't moved to Windows Vista. Most people will only move when they purchase a new computer. Right. And Vista's having a lot of big problems, and particularly for gaming. It's really turning off a lot of gamers. There's so many hardware problems. There's so many... There's been a few reviews of how the the DirectX 10 performance really isn't there. Mm. And um, so that could really limit it. But since it's a new development, it's still a couple years away, probably. Right. At least a year, if not two. So... It'll be a little while before we see how much it really impacts anything, impacts City of Heroes. And by then, a lot of the people that are holding out on Vista because they want other people to be the guinea pig might feel like the bugs have been fixed mm-hmm. sufficiently to move to Vista. Right. Very true. So along with this announcement of, of this acquisition, there are several presents that they're giving to the user community. Mm-hmm. And among these that was announced 
The first step was full access to City of Heroes and City of Villains. So all players with City of Heroes retail accounts will have access to City of Villains, and all City of Villains retail people will have access to City of Heroes. Correct. So players that didn't previously have access to the other side will find they now do, and says, just log in and check it out. Right. Now, one of the big questions that this was raised, is this only for current active accounts or for everybody? It's for everybody that had an act, an account created mm-hmm. prior to, I think the date was November 6th. Um, it was right around, I know that there was a posting on November 8th. I think the date was November 6th or November 7th. If there was an active, if there was an account created mm-hmm. um, on that date, then both, then it gets both sides. If it was inactive, it was taking a few days longer. They initially went through, according to uh, the forums, the City of Heroes forums, mm-hmm. They initially, the first shot was to get all the active accounts. Okay. And then it was going to be, quote, a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then the inactive accounts would also have both sides available. So. so, but this means that you can't go to the discount bin at Walmart and pick up a City of Heroes only for five bucks. And well, get access to everything. And that was um, that was also mentioned. And from what I can tell from the forums, if you act, if you create a brand new account, new mm-hmm. retail item, go out and get it, then it won't have mm-hmm. access to both sides. And I'm not sure if that's long term intentional or current mechanics or what it mm-hmm. is. But it was stated that it's only for here. It is. If the account existed on November sixth, it grandfathered. Um, if you find it somewhere else, it will only give you access to that okay. and not to both sides. And that is from a post from Lighthouse. And and so, again, I don't know if that's going to be long-term or if that maybe that's like the reward to right. people that have already created accounts to bring them back to keep them kind right. of an award thing. But it seems like it'll make things difficult to keep people that come to the game for the first time right. because it'll be, well, everybody else has it, mm-hmm. loyalty to your you know, to your consumer base is fantastic, right. but I want it too. Yeah, I'm guessing that they're probably just going to let the retail boxes that are already in the chain, they're just, just going to let those go, yeah. but they're not going to manufacture any new ones. Mm-hmm. And the GVE box be will it. be the only one that ever hits shelves and from that's, now on. And that's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, we would hope that everybody would have access because, you know, they are really pushing to get people more to get people more social in the game, mm-hmm. get players to work more with each other's all the push towards SG. Right. And that's the next thing I think you're probably going to talk about is the, the Well, yeah, and having stuff. both um, is required to have a base. You have to have right. villains. You so. can join an SG without both, right. but you can't enter a base without both right. villains and hero side. So, yeah, and that was one of the new bonuses is that for uh, super groups, so I don't think I went over it in the terminology, but there in the game there's influence or infamy for the bad guys. And that is how you buy things, buy enhancements mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. On your character. And super groups have prestige, which allows you to buy base items. So there's going to be a date announced. And on that date, for every member in an SG, the SG will get 20,000 prestige right. as a bonus. Right. And that's scheduled to happen after the launch of I-11. Right. One of the key things that that feeds out of is that with I-11, they're going to increase the number of members in an SG. Right now, the mm-hmm. cap is 75, 75. And I-11 will allow 150. Yeah. So it's going to be after the launch of I-11, that SG increase up to mm-hmm. 150 um, members. Mm-hmm. They'll give a date, and then they'll give us a nice little prestige bump of 20000 per. And right. if you're fully loaded, if you have 150 members in your SG... You'll get three million prestige, which makes for a very nice base. Yes. Nice big base. Nice fat telepads. And finally, the uh, the last little bonus everybody's going to get is on an announced date after I-11, kind of like the prestige part, is they're going to do a debt wipe. So all existing debt on all of your tunes is going to be erased. Right. And so it sounds like they're going to have some events to let people, let their freak flag fly and get a little crazy and get some debt without worrying too much. And the one thing about this, though, is when you incur debt, Mm -hmm. you are still going to start paying it back. Right. So from that point, you're still only going to be getting half XP. Right. Because half XP you get, half goes to pay your debt. And then when they do the wipe, the big question 
that that I've had and, and a lot of people have had is is that wipe going to give you credit towards the debt badges? No. <laughs> because that badge is for debt for that debt. you pay back. The mm-hmm. wipe wipes the debt. It isn't paid back. Okay. So when they do the wipe, what they're trying to do is they're trying to encourage people to go into zones, to try things they've never done without any fear of, of having to have a long payback. Mm-hmm. So like, when we did the statesman task force, right. we ended up with a lot of debt. <laughs> I found the city of Heroes Cap, which is currently five hundred thousand debt. Yeah, I think it was a little over five hundred thousand for you, my love. Oh, yeah. um, it was, but he did. He hit you hit the debt cap, mm-hmm. and so what that would have meant if that had occurred the night before the wipe, you would have woken up and bing, five hundred thousand debt would have been right. gone, which would have been a wonderful, joyous thing because that took a little while <laughs> to earn off. So they're trying to encourage community events and different events to get people to just really go out there and cut loose and try things they've never done without fear of repercussions. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, basically just, I think one of the things that one of them said was, um, you know, have come up with the most creative face plant that you can. Right. <laughs> kind of thing. It was really, really clever. It was nice. And of course people have referred to it as being able to go on an all night drinking binge and not having to worry about a hangover. The next <laughs> so I think, I think the people that will have the most fun with that will be blasters because mm-hmm. most blasters they're, they learn really quickly what their limitations are as far right. as being squishy. Mm-hmm. And you still have the lure of defiance. Right. You really want to find out, okay, how this far one. can I go? How ride much? Ride that edge. Exactly. Ride that little wave of defiance versus risk of wipe. And so I think that's where blasters, I think, will have a lot. I know I'll be out with my ice, ice blaster playing with that little. <laughs> I've always avoided it because I want to level. I don't want to test the defiance range. But mm-hmm. I think that's what I, my goal is going to be is to really... Find out what that's all about. Now, another thing that was said in a post by Lighthouse on November 8th, he says, We know that the above gifts may not be for everyone. However, we do have some pretty great news of a new feature coming to the service in the very near term that everyone should enjoy. So keep your eye on the website for details about that in the coming weeks. So that's an interesting little tidbit. I mean, we already know about the SG bump. And I'm really curious. We know about well, and I don't know if this is something that we've dis- that you've discussed that you've covered is the new respects that are going to be available. Oh to no, yeah. There was a posting by Matt Positron Miller mm-hmm. that was talking about respects mm-hmm. and how. Some of the older players, the veteran players, the long-term players, have long since used their three tri- trial-earned respects, the three different respect trials that you can run. You can only ever run those. You can run them however often you want. Right. And a respect is allowing you to pick your powers over again Right. within the existing power pools. So right. if you're fire and there's a few powers that you picked over other ones, you can redo those to pick the ones that you missed out on. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't change from fire to ice, for instance. Right. You have to stay within the existing pools. Which but, does, yeah. But you can do different uh, travel pools and things like that. So right. you could respec from super speed to flight. Right. Basically, anything that pops up on the screen when you go to your trainer to select a power, you can change that. Right. You're still going to be limited by your initial choice of ice, ice, or mm-hmm. fire devices. Well, you have these three trials that you can run. And you can run them however often you want, but you only earn the respec a total of three times. Right. So, and after that, all you get are your vet reward respecs, which mm-hmm. are kind of slow coming. And sometimes when they do a new issue, they've made a significant number of changes, so they'll give free respec tokens. Exactly. But you can't bank those. You can't bank those. If you don't use it and they give another one, you have one. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lost one. So they've had some some sort of a public outcry. We need the ability to respec. You have these new powers coming available. We want to mm-hmm. um, try out the new stuff. So they've tried, they thought of a couple different ways and it looks like what they've decided to go with is, is using the invention system. There will be a recipe in I 11 called the respec recipe. It is a rare drop off of defeating enemies at any level, allowing players to grant themselves a free spec. 
Now, the free spec can be sold at the auction house, which is probably going to go for a pretty, yeah. pretty penny. It's going to be like all the costume items when I, um, I nine. Right. I but it's going to be lost. rarer than costumes are now. It's, it says that it's not as rare as the brand new, very rare announcement, mm-hmm. uh, enhancements that are coming out in I 11, because those are going to be like freakishly rare. Right. But I think it, they didn't honestly really, from what I could tell, they didn't specify whether it was more frequent than costume drops. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be more frequent than the new very rare enhancements. Right. So that'll be good. That'll give everybody a chance, if, especially if they have some money banked, mm-hmm. to buy one if they don't get one as a drop. So that's going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah. Another interesting little nugget that I found. Everybody's question is, when is I-11 going to launch? When, mm. when, 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 when? Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I saw was um, from Lighthouse again. I love Lighthouse's posts. They're always so informative. Um, is that it's more likely going to be after Thanksgiving because there's still a lot to do in beta. So we still have a little bit more time. And, you know, maybe it'll even be like the weekend after Thanksgiving when everybody's kind of stuffed and fattened (laughs) up and we can all sit at our keyboards and just type, 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 type and play. There you go. So in the last episode, I described the issue 11, A Stitch in Time, and the new features that are coming. And those were the Ouroboros missions going back in time and redoing some of your existing missions. Mm -hmm. So one question that I had and that it seems a lot of other people had was, will this allow me to go back in time and reclaim one of those really cool temp powers that has already run out? Which, for instance, my personal favorite, the Nemesis staff. (laughs) And it seems now there's some answers. Well, from what I've garnered... um Again, from what I've read on the forums, yes, some of them. I did not see mm-hmm. the Nemesis staff listed. There was, at some point in my, you know, 2 a.m. reading, there was a short list, maybe five or six items that were listed as repeatable. I oh, don't okay. know if that's it. And, of course, that's my favorite temp power also, so I looked for it, and it wasn't on the list. You know, that would make sense, since the uh, Nemesis staff, staff is now a vet reward, reward right. and they don't want to diminish that yeah and lord i can't just i just can't wait for that that (laughs) but they apparently from again what i'm reading um it's called an echo because it's you can go back do the story arc say the stephanie peebles story arc was mentioned to get the wedding band Mm -hmm. that nice little one hour i think it's a or is it a two hour i think it was two hours so you can go back and get that again if you run the whole story arc like you did initially. Mm-hmm. And there's also conversation about an echo. It's not the same strength. Oh. It's like half the power. I okay. don't know if that's also half the duration. Mm-hmm. Again, I haven't tested any of this, so I'm just what I'm finding. Um, but that it's called an echo of the original. Okay. So, yeah, you'll you'll definitely be able to get the wedding band. Some of those I hadn't heard of, so they must be City of Villain's side. Mm, okay. But, um, so, that's that's good. That means that both sides are going to get some of those echoes. Yeah. And another question that was asked was, what about the physical servers? Once all of this happens, is there mm. going to be a physical move of servers? Is there going to be a disruption in service? Are we going to have to hope that they do a transition of hardware smoothly? Uh, okay. Well, I figured since NCSoft is the distributor... They already housed the servers, and Cryptic just did the design. I didn't even think that that would would, uh, be a possibility of an interruption. And you were right. All right. (laughs) Yay. So they're all still intact. They will not be moved. Um, But they are up for new hardware. Oh, cool. So that could be very, very nice. Could reduce some lag. That would be nice. (laughs) One of the funniest posts that I saw in regards to NCSoft acquires City of Franchise, was posted by The Dart. And it says, I feel like my parents just got divorced and Daddy remarried, and I can't figure out if I like my new mommy yet. (laughs) My best friend says my new stepmom is hot, though, and I can kind of see where he's coming from. This is going to be sweet. (laughs) That was just... There were a lot of really funny posts, but for some reason that one just really got me. (laughs) My friend says my mommy's hot. (laughs) So there's a lot of people that are very nervous. There are people that are, wait and see, I'll quit if you guys really mess things up. But Mm -hmm. then there are people that are really embracing it and seeing, you know, that there's a possibility for a great improvement to the game. Or at least maintaining the great game that we have now, but tweaking and making little improvements here Mm -hmm. and there. 
Now, in listening to the first few episodes, Viv had noticed that my glossary was lacking a bit, which I tried to make for, for a bit in the last one. And I figure there's going to be new terms with Always. each each episode, depending on the content. There's so many terms to go over yeah. that I didn't want that initial one to be too long and, and too involved. Right. And it might have been, but no. hey, we cut it down. So <laughs> then found a couple that jumped right to her mind immediately that new players might get hung up on because there's a lot of things that you see people broadcasting about right. terms that I haven't mentioned yet. What occurred to me was as a new player, there's all these terms. You're sitting in Atlas. You've got your level one. And you immediately get a supergroup invite. And you don't know what a supergroup is. You don't know anything about it. And so as far as a new experience, you know, if you're listening to this, then you've already been playing. But for those that are just looking around for an MMO, a supergroup is a gathering, a group that come together and they earn prestige and they build up a base and they do all of these things. And the term that you will see used is SG. Do you want an SG invite? Are you in SG mode? And that just means supergroup. It's very simple. And it's the same as a guild in World of Warcraft or Lord of the Rings Online or EverQuest or most Fellowship. other MMOs. Yeah. So that's really right. all that is. And and so people are trying to fill their SG with um, new players, get them to play in SG mode so that they can earn prestige, build up their base, make it all fancy hotness. And so that's what that is. So if you see, you know, somebody looking for an SG or looking for people to join their SG, that's what that's about. And um, also, as you're standing in Atlas with your little level one blaster or whatever, you will likely see in broadcast, um, you know, LFT or looking for team is what that stands for. Um, Sewers team or sewers group looking to do sewers. What that is, is that Below level, in our experience, it goes really fast for lower than level seven. And so you'll have a group of people that have just created a brand new character and they want to skip the um, initial content, the first five or six levels, because you do a lot of running across town and it's Mm kind of tedious and street hunt goes kind of slow. So they'll form up a sewer team and they will join a force. Hopefully you have a full team of eight. And you'll enter into the sewers that are at the south entrance in Atlas Park. And it's a little red dot on your map. (laughs) And that's all they do is they go through, they form up, they get a team, they run through the sewers. Most of the time, the team starts to fall fall apart around level 6 or level 7. It's something that we do every time we grind out a new character. Rather than doing the tutorial over and over. Right, yeah. We we got kind of bored with the tutorial. We don't go for the Outbreak badge. We just kind of skip that, go to the sewers, come out level 6 or 7, and then start playing the content. So that's what a sewers team is. Quick way to grab some XP, grab some prestige for your super group. And um, if you're on a good if you're on a good sewer team, it can go pretty quickly. You would be surprised at how quickly you can level. It's a nice nice little run through. Um, another term that a lot of people already know, but I thought I would throw in here since it is kind of like a beginner's kind of conversation we're having, is the term noob, which in O O B in zero zero B in E W B in E W B I E. Lots of ways to spell it. It just means new player, but the way people use it, it's kind of insulting. Mm-hmm. So don't take offense. Just assume that it's somebody that's bored and been playing a long time and just looking to insult. So don't take it personally. A lot of people use it as a joke with each other. Oh, yeah. We call each other noobs all the time. <laughs> I think I called myself a noob at dinner talking about something that had nothing <laughs> to do with the game. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, another thing that you'll see frequently, and I'm sure you've se- you saw it, quite often during the Halloween event, if you played, is the term GM, which Chooch rightfully said a GM is a... Game Master. Game Master, which is not the way that I think of the term GM. To me, a GM is a giant monster mm-hmm. like Jack and Irons or Eokai that were wandering around the different city zones. So if you see a call out saying GM in Skyway or, you know, GM at this waypoint, then, you know, that's what that is. There's a giant monster in the zone. They're trying to call... They're trying a call to arms to get other heroes to come and help them. So those giant monsters, depending on the strength of them, the zone, right. a lot of them take at least 30, 40, 50 yeah. heroes to take them down. Yeah. I've seen 
um, the Kraken and Prez Park come down with two teams mm-hmm. easily, quickly. Right. But if you look at somebody like Jack and Irons in Croato, mm-hmm. you really need a solid two, three teams and at least one. And that's our next term, rad. You mm-hmm. need at least one rad to really help. Now, a rad is just someone that has the um, radiation set. So if you have a, if you're in a group and you're helping to take down a GM, giant monster, you will frequently, if especially if it's taking a long time, mm-hmm. see a call for, we need a rad. Does anybody have a rad? Can somebody mm-hmm. bring a rad? And what they're saying is we really need somebody with radiation to come and debuff the mm-hmm. bad guy. We can't take it down. It's regening to regenerating health too fast. That's another term, regen. And so the rad will help slow that down. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good, I think it's a good term. And, you know, I learned it pretty quickly because that was one of the first characters I built was a rad rad. But so another term, of course, is emp, which I think Chooch may have actually mentioned in the teaming. I think so. In the mm-hmm. teaming conversation, an empathy healer or an emp. EMP, um, that's, you're looking for somebody that heals that is specifically an empathy healer rather than someone with dark healing powers or kinetic healing powers or that sort of thing or the medicine pool because an empathy offers a lot of different buffs and strengthening mm-hmm. powers to a team. And I'm probably a little bit biased because my only 50 <laughs> is an empathy electric defender. So it's my little favorite set to play. I think I've got I think I counted, and across all the servers, I've got nine M's, <laughs> and I've got like 140 levels <laughs> across them, and it's kind of painful to think of it that way. That's almost three fifties instead yeah. of just one. Um, another term similar to an imp, uh, a kin or kinetic player has a really nice, juicy heal that a kin has. A lot of people like that. It's transfusion. It's a little iffy because it's got an accuracy check. Mm-hmm. And so it can miss, and it only will heal those in direct range of the baddie that you're targeting. targeting. So you target a baddie, it can miss like any attack, Mm -hmm. but it will heal a very high number Mm -hmm. of heal points in that area. It's higher than what an imp can do, but you have that risk of it missing. It's frustrating when you finally hit and everybody had run away to a different bad guy. Or someone hits it with a knockback. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's if, and I love you, storm controllers and all y'all stormies out there, but y'all can blow, <laughs> blow away all the heels that a kin is shooting for. That's why I like my stone kinetics because mm-hmm. I can lock them down and then hit the heel. But so a kin also has um, um, many powers that are very useful to a team. I've seen a lot of people say that they won't play with an imp, they will only play with kins because kins have um, speed boost, which will really help a rock. I'm a sorry, st- a rock. A stone tank. A stone tanker. Sorry, honey. Um, they'll, you know, you put on your all of your armors and, and all of your stuff. and it, Rooted. Rooted, that's what it's called. See, I don't have a tanker. But if you get hit with speed boost, then you can move at a normal speed. They've got just really fantastic um, buffs and powers that they can add to the group. So those were just things that I thought of and thought they might be helpful. And... So I think you did a really good job in your in the glossary that you gave before or the Thank you. list you did. But I just found a couple of things that would have really helped me out with it. I known them right away. Mm-hmm. So that's Great. my two cents on that. My two influence on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for sharing. Okay. okay. <laughs> and if you found anything that's missing as well, you can send a note to cohpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know and I'll be sure to mention it. I did want to say that um, I was thrilled that Chooch got a message from a girl player. <laughs> I was so excited because there are so few and, you know, you always get that joke. You're a girl. Yeah. Guy in real life, you know, G-I-R-L. Right. So it's I love when there's girl players, female players, women the, players. Net bestites. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really Happy to see that and just wanted to say a welcome to that player. Do you remember? It was LeBeau Girl. LeBeau Girl. So welcome to City of Heroes. And hopefully you'll find enough interesting information to stick with us because I'm thrilled to have another girl in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Here, here. The galaxy is an immense place. 
I, your precognitive meeting planner, will guide you through this expanse, introducing you to the Aliens You Will Meet. The Aliens You Will Meet podcast is available at aliensyouwillmeet.lipsyn.com and wherever fine podcasts are available. Aliens You Will Meet podcast at aliensyouwillmeet.lipsyn.com The main topic this week is the chat system. The chat system is really the main way that you interact with other users in the game. Now, of course, there are a few methods with um, external programs such as TeamSpeak or Ventrilo where you can actually speak to and hear the other people that are playing. But by default, the chat system is the only way to talk to people. The interface for the chat system is, by default, in the bottom left of your screen. It is represented as a couple of windows with tabs and then a few other little buttons and drop menus. The purpose of the tabs and other buttons I'll get to in a few minutes, but the most basic function of chatting is simply to hit the enter key, type what you want to say, then hit enter again, and the text appears to everybody in that channel. Now, channel refers to the grouping of players that can currently read what you're saying. You can think of these like uh, old-school CB channels or radio stations. Everybody tuned into the same channel can see what everybody else is saying. The purpose of the tabs in the chat window is to limit the number of channels that are being displayed at any one time. There can be a lot of channels. You can, you can join a lot of channels and get really confusing, so this cuts down on clutter. You can add, remove, and change tabs by right-clicking in the chat window and selecting those options. There are two main types of channels in the game, the built-in channels and the player-created channels. Some of the built-in channels are as follows. There are several channels that you generally you don't see or at least you don't interact with. So the uh, system channel and the combat channel. Those are channels that the, the game is going to give you certain messages about what's going on. So the combat channel gives how much damage you're doing, how much damage you're taking, how much healing is occurring. And the system has different, uh, system channel has different messages. For instance, receiving badges and that sort of thing. So what we're concerned with here are the channels that we're actually going to interact on and talk on. So the first one is probably the local channel. By default, the local channel is what is active when you first log into the game, and it's represented with the color white, and it is chat that is happening near your character. When you say something in the local channel, characters that are too far away are not going to see it. Of course, that means you're not going to see local chat for, for them either. Similar to the local channel is the broadcast channel. Everybody within the current zone you're talking in can see the broadcast. So, for instance, if you're in Atlas Park, everybody in Atlas Park can see it when you type something in broadcast. One of the most commonly used channels is the team channel. So that is for everybody that you're currently teamed with. And it is displayed in green. And no matter where your team members are on the map. They could be in different maps, they could be in different zones, they could be in their base. The entire team can always see that chat, which is very helpful in coordinating things. The request channel isn't used very often. The intention is for buying and selling things. So if you are inventing and you want to sell recipes or salvage, you would use that request channel. Similar to request is the help channel, which also is not used very often, and that's for any time you have a question about something in the game, a lot of veteran players will keep an eye on that channel and will answer the, the questions as they come up. The SG, or supergroup channel, is for everybody within your SG to see. Now, the SG leaders can limit how what rankings within the SG can read or can speak on those SG channels. Similar, there's the coalition channel, and depending on your SG rules, you may or may not be able to see coalition chat. A coalition is a grouping of supergroups, so you can have up to 10 supergroups linked into a coalition. 
whenever you type on the Coalition channel, the other SGs that you are directly linked to will be able to see that chat. However, SGs that are linked to them will not be able to see that chat. It gets a little confusing and can make for some very interesting conversations. You get one side of a lot of conversations. So, for instance, if you have SGA and they have a coalition with SGB, each of them will talk in coalition and they can see everything everybody says. If SGB is further has a coalition with SGC, they can see everything that they say to each other. However, when somebody in Coalition C says something, nobody in Coalition A can see it. So B can see both sides of the conversations, and when they're replying to one person, the other sides aren't going to see those those the second half of that conversation, which, like I said, can make things very interesting. And that's why a lot of, of SGs will actually do cross-coalitions. So if SGC invites SGA to a coalition... Now all three are linked up in all the different various ways, and everybody will be able to see all of the coalition chat. The other type of channel is the user-created channels. And in these user-created channels, they can either be public accessible or private. If they're public accessible, anybody who knows the name of the channel can join to the channel and can talk in it. If it's a private channel, then you have to be invited to it. In addition with private channels, whoever owns the channel can mute members of the channel. So they can do it as as more of a, like a moderated forum. Some of the popular public channels are BMT, which stands for Badge, Monsters, and Task Forces. There is a BMT channel on every server, and their name is actually the server name followed by BMT. So, for instance, on Champion Server, you could join Champion BMT. And then, so that's going to be chat specific to the Champion Server. Or you could join Triumph BMT if you're a Triumph player. There's a lot of very helpful information on BMT. I've found, at least on Champion, they're very, very friendly and very helpful on giving, answering questions. And, of course, anytime a task force or a badge mission or a giant monster's out, somebody's sure to, to mention it. Another helpful channel, though, doesn't seem to be used as often anymore, is Monster Watch. Similar to BMT, there's a Monster Watch for each server, and it's simply Monster Watch followed by the first initial of the server name. So on Champions, Monster Watch C. I think a lot of people got tired of having multiple channels that track monsters, and so they've joined. They were they were joining both. BMT and Monster Watch, and a lot of people have dropped Monster Watch and strictly follow BMT now. To create your own channel, you can right-click within the chat window, and right there you'll see a drop menu that has has uh, private channels, and you, know, you can click on Add Channel. The friend interface is how you can see who's in one of the private channels. So normally when you click on the Friends button at the top of the chat window, you will see a listing of your server friends, which and then there's a drop-down at the top to change that to Global Friends. But also within that list, you will see any channels that you're currently a member of. And if you are running one of the channels, then there are certain options in there to add people to your channel, to invite people to your channel, and then to kick them or to mute them. One note on adding friends to a private channel on the buttons on the bottom, when you go to add somebody, there's a button that says Add Globals. When you click that, it is going to send an invitation to everybody in your global list. There's no way to control this. It will add everybody. It's a common mistake that that you think it's going to give you a list of your global friends and that you can pick from that list. But no, it adds everybody. So if you are if you're, want to be selective of who you're going to add to your channel, then uh, keep in mind you don't want to click that global button. <laughs> you can send text to most of the built-in channels by using slash commands. When you enter a forward slash character, the one under the question mark, the game expects the next few characters to denote a command for it to process. This is how you create keybinds and macros, which of course we'll get into in another episode. To use a slash command to send to a channel, you do a uh, slash, and then the letter that is usually the first letter of that channel. So to send something to local chat, you can type slash L space, whatever you want to say, and then hit the enter key. To send to broadcast, it would be slash B space, 
whatever you want to say and hit enter. The reason to do this is it can get tedious to have a conversation in multiple channels and have to keep clicking on the bottom left to change which channel you're currently speaking on, which I guess I'm kind of getting, getting ahead of myself. At the bottom of that chat window, it says what current channel you're, you're on. So if you were in a team, it would you actually see the word team, and you can click there just after it and type in what you want to say instead of hitting the enter key. Or you could click the word team, and it'll give you a, a pop-up list that shows all of the various channels and click on the channel you currently want to speak on, and then type enter, and then you start saying what you want to say within that channel. Similarly, there's little buttons just above where it says the channel you're on. The little bubbles have individual letters, so there's T for team, and B for broadcast, and L for local. I find it very easy within the private channels that I speak in to use the slash commands, and I've just kind of gotten in the habit of using the slash command to, to send to different channels, and I find that I can hold conversations in multiple channels pretty quickly and easily that way. It's very useful if when you start getting into large multi-group uh, raids or doing SG events, or if you happen to have a lot of private channels that you, that you like to speak on. So for instance, I'll have my chat on one of my private channels, and when while I'm working on a team, I can just hit the enter key and type and hit enter again. And, and that way I can chat on that private channel. But whenever I want to say something to my team, I would do slash G space, whatever I wanted to say to the team and hit enter. And then everybody would see it. Now, it seems strange that it should be slash T rather than slash G. But um, slash T is actually reserved for a different type of chat, which I'll get to in a minute. And slash G is actually uh, what a lot of people were used to for sending to their group, since City of Heroes is one of the first MMOs that, that uses the word team instead of group. Uh, they made it easy and used the slash G. A few other built-in channels, slash SG will send to your supergroup, slash R will send to the request channel, and slash H will send to the help channel. Now, what I alluded to with that slash T is another type of chat, which is private messages. These are also referred to as tells, that's where the T comes from, PMs, or whispers. Performing a tell is similar to sending to any other channel. However, only the person that you're sending it to can see it. To send a private message to a character, you type slash T, space, their name, a comma, and then what you want to say and hit enter. The two most common reasons tells don't get through is because you either type their name incorrectly or you forget that comma. Additionally, you can right-click on somebody's avatar or their name in your friends list or in the team list and select send, tell, or speak from that drop menu, and it'll pop up a little window to type in what you want to say. When somebody has sent you a tell, you can hit the backspace key, which will reply to the last person. That makes it really easy to have a longer conversation. You don't have to keep typing their name over and over again. So two people can just keep hitting that backspace key to, to continue the conversation. They can get you in a little bit of trouble when multiple people are sending you tells. But that's what MT or mistells for. <laughs> One thing unique to City of Heroes compared to other MMOs is that you can not only address people by their current character name, but also by their global handle if you know it. When sending a message to a global handle, they will receive it no matter which character they're currently logged in on, even if it's on another server. The one difference in sending a tell to a global handle is that the name is always prepended by an at symbol and followed by the common whatever you want to say. Of course, you can also right-click on a friend's handle in your global friends list and send a message from that drop menu. The final piece I want to mention about the chat channel is sending emotes or emotions. There's two primary emotion types, and that is the built-in emotes that are used by clicking the little talk bubble in the bottom right of the chat interface, or by using certain slash commands, or custom emotes. The built-in emotes are pretty neat because most of them have an animation associated with them and a an audio piece or a sound. 
common emotes used would be like slash sit will make your avatar sit down, slash jumping jacks will make them do some exercises, slash hold torch will make them hold up a torch and light up the little area they're in. That just goes on and on and on. If you click that little talk bubble on the bottom right of the chat window, it will actually give you a listing of categories of emotes. And then when you highlight one of those categories, then it expands out and gives you the actual emote. Most of the emote description is actually what the slash command is. So, for instance, like I said, slash sit. Some of them are a little tricky to figure out, and you'll, it's, it's not uncommon to see people doing a unique emote that, that maybe people haven't seen before and everybody asking how they did it. And, of course, some people don't want to say how they did it, but you can usually find it in the forums or on the Internet somewhere. Now, a custom emote is performed by typing slash em space whatever you want the emote to be and hit enter. What this does is pop up a little bit of text in the bottom of the window that anybody within local range can see that says your character name does something. So you could do slash em space eats a cheeseburger, and it'll say your character eats a cheeseburger. People do this when to make little thought bubbles so that their character's thinking something or feeling something. Something that the built-in emotes just don't really represent. If it's a unique situation and, and one of those built-in emotes doesn't work, doesn't quite fit, or you want to be extra expressive in your emotions. So those are the basics on the chat system. Hopefully that will help you communicate a little better. Of course, if you know some tricks or some other aspects of the chat channel, or if, if something wasn't clear and you want me to explain it a little better, you can send feedback to cohpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to oblige. That'll wrap up this episode of the City of Heroes podcast. Thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to have a new segment, which was at Viv's request. It's just going to be a very quick little segment where we're going to profile one of the factions in the game. So a faction is one of the bad guy types. So that could be the Skulls or the Hellions or Malta or Sixth Column. Well, they used to be Sixth Column. Now they're Council or Circle of Thorns. So we're going to give a little background information on what one of the factions are and then maybe a highlight of, of dealing with that faction, maybe a, a tip or trick in dealing with them or a particularly cool mission that that highlights what that faction is all about. And those will probably you know just be a couple minutes and we'll introduce you each episode to a new little piece of the game. Like I said, this episode is uh, quite a bit longer than usual. Uh, the focus was going to try to be a half an hour for each, so I think we've just about doubled that. But hopefully you found some good information that'll help you in the game, and come back next week. This podcast and the Oxfoot.com website are not in any way affiliated with NCSoft, Cryptic Studios, or City of Heroes. All views expressed are solely of the host and his guests. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike License, which is explained in detail at Oxfoot.com. Good hunting, heroes.